Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Line for Line Radio with your host, Josiah Selena, also known as Joe Memo. All right, we are back in this sporadic season with another episode for you guys. Very urbanized. We are going to do Dietrich Haddon up against R. Kelly. I know last time we had D. Hattie on the show, uh, he almost whitewashed Chris Brown. Sorry, Breezy. And then uh, last time we had R. Kelly on the show, he was up against Canton Jones and a couple other Kingdom artists. And uh, R. Kelly won that 4-2. So uh, we're going to see what these two brothers are going to do up against each other. So right now, I'd like to introduce my special guests that we have on the show today. Uh, their names are Kevin and Wayne Rangasami, if I said it right, brothers. And then also uh, they brought along their friend Malcolm. And they're going to explain to you who they are, introduce themselves, and then we're going to get into question and interview time. But thank you for so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, let's get this thing started. Mr. Wayne? I'm actually feeling really blessed to be a part of this show right now. Mr. Malcolm, what do you got to say for yourself? Hi guys, uh, it's good to be on the show. Mr. Kevin, big boy in town. Hey, what's happening everybody? Uh, great to be on the show with my man Joe. Um, that actually kind of sounded good. Great to be on the show with my man Joe. <laughs> uh, yes, it's an honor to be here and address the nations. Uh, Wayne's my brother, uh, Malcolm's my friend slash bodyguard. I'm gonna punch you square in the face. It's just an honor to be here and um, be a part of what Joe is doing, which I see is a really, really great thing. Yeah, Kevin's a poet, he don't even know it, but I like to show it. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're gonna get to things started today. Um, I'm gonna ask the brothers and fellas in the house, since all of them being musicians and having their own different set of skills, uh, give us an introduction on what type of instrument you play, uh, what motivated you at first to pick up that instrument, and what has kept you inspired over the years? Like, who have been your inspirations? Um, you know, who have you looked up to? And then, uh, what is your driving motive with the type of music you play or the type of music you create? Firstly, uh, a keyboard player slash producer slash composer, arranger. Traits are uh, endorsed by Nord Keyboards. It started many years ago when I first heard a guy by the name of Tom Brooks. World-renowned uh, keyboarder slash producer. Ever since, I've never looked back. He's always raising the bar, so it keeps me on my toes, and uh, I'm striving for that. So, uh, next up, we got brother Malcolm. Uh, give us an introduction on your instrument taste, your music taste. Play drums. I uh, originally wanted to learn guitar, but realized drums are more exciting. Kevin. First thing I want to say is, it's all about the bass, baby. No strings attached. I'm a bass player. It was the only instrument that kind of really got to me, where I watched a guy play once and I'm, I was like, that's what I want to do. Marcus Miller is one of my favorite bass players and I identify with him because he has, well, I have a lot of his style of playing and I use a lot of his style of playing. Uh, in the gospel scene, Maurice Fitzgerald is my man. Now we're going to get into a little bit of each of our brother's personal stories. Growing up in a home where your dad's a pastor, <laughs> everybody thinks it's, uh, you know, it's an easy road because your dad's a pastor and stuff, but it's not. Uh, your dad's human, uh, <laughs> you human, so, you know, it's just... What makes us human? I'm human. growing up in a normal home but in that environment seeing what the Lord has done in his life kind of inspired me to become like that and take on that walk. Christianity is not a religion, it's more of a lifestyle. Through life I've realized before you're a musician you're a person. Nobody lives a perfect life. You know there came a point in my life where the people that were closest to me were the people that were actually letting go of me. People look at me and they think, hey, this guy's quite intimidating because he's big on the outside. But sometimes the bigger you are on the outside, the softer on the inside. And I was that person, um, you know, very emotional. I took things badly because, you know, I'm the kind of person that's very loving and affectionate and caring. And I'd, I'd consider other people over myself at any time. And then when I realized that the people closest to me weren't there for me when I needed them, it made me question life and it made me question God to the point where I totally rejected him. I was at a point where I said to God, I've been good all my life, I've served you, I've gone to church. Through all that pain and that hurt and the trials I was going through, I turned to drugs. I mean, from just trying it, because a guy told me this will solve all your problems. Honestly, it came. there was a point where this thing started working for me because 
now I'm, I'm so adapted to this lifestyle of, of cocaine because now my conscience is gone. The co Drugs removes your conscience. When you're doing it, you think of nothing. Uh, you care for no one. Uh, it's a selfish thing to do. I don't condemn people that are on drugs because, like I said, the people closest to me, including the church, let me down, you know. And that was a big thing for me because now I'm at a point where God, and, you know, you put people in my life to stand there. But me, and if the people closest to me, including the church, cannot be there for me, then there's no use me serving you and giving my life to you anymore. So I found solace in drugs. I found solace in hanging out in the corners with gangsters. I, 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 I found solace in carrying two guns in my back. You know, uh, I started getting used to that lifestyle because now I started finding that the people of the world sort of wanted me more than the people in the church wanted me. I started liking it to the point where now I didn't care anymore. I would go missing for days, you know, going on drug binges and going to drug houses and smoking myself, uh, you know, sick and silly and wasting money and, and things like that. And I think the one day it just really hit me where I, I was tired of people looking me at me now as a drug addict because I hurt a lot of people. I let a lot of people down. Uh, people were hurting because of what I did. There came a day where I just decided, you know what, I've had enough of life. I can't face people anymore. I can't face the community. I can't face the church. I can't face my family. I can't face my kids. At a drug house, I triple overdosed myself on cocaine and rock. On the hospital bed, I had no pulse. I had no heartbeat. And my brother was at my side and my father was at my side. It was there that I think I found God because being flatlined in a hospital with your brother there and your father there, and then seeing your heavenly father come through for you at a point where you were gonna go um, i literally saw the hand of god over my life that specific time so you could literally say god raised me from my deathbed not as a cliche but as reality ever since then my life has changed i had a few hiccups here and there it wasn't an easy road to total recovery but i tell you what i've seen the hand of god i've seen the grace of god and i've seen the love of god over my life like I've never seen it ever before. Um, you know, since since my recovery from addiction, I got booked into Caroline Crisis Center, where I spent six months in recovery. Uh, I got home and I started my album. Uh, I got endorsed by Marshall Music and Warwick, which are the two companies that I now represent. Played and toured with different artists locally and internationally. And God's just opened doors. And I don't take credit for any of this because uh, you know, like Wayne said, I said it earlier in the show, we were self-taught, but Wayne said we were God-taught. And that's the truth, because we've never gone for formal training or anything of that. And for me, I think the most important thing in my music um, is that I live a life of worship. Uh, if I don't play any other music but worship, um, you know, really, I wouldn't need to play anything at all. Because worship has become a lifestyle for me. Uh, worship is, being, is something that I love. Um, and something that really attracts me and draws me closer to God. So, yeah, I think that's a bit of my story in a nutshell. That's powerful, Kev. And uh, I really wanted to um, say that uh, just in honor of, you know, the recent passing of, uh, of the great Dr. Miles Monroe, um, who was one of my greatest inspirations, he said, the only thing worse than death is living life without a purpose. And I really was inspired reading through your story at the fact that God would spare your life to see your purpose fulfilled so that you don't die empty. And now you have that you have that legacy not only to pass on to your to your children, but also to pass on to the rest of the world with your giftings. There's always a reason for why God put you on this earth. And you owe it to yourself to seek God to know that reason. We don't want to make the grave any more rich with our dreams and our goals. We want to add that to God's kingdom so that when we see him on uh, on the great day on the throne or when we see him in heaven he'll have to say well done thou good and faithful servant not uh, depart from me I never knew you in light of that let's come back to our purpose come back to our dreams come back to our goals so that we live a life according to how God designed for us to live let's get things started we are going to get into round one here we are going to start off with Brother D. This is Well Done. Here we go. My Lord, I want to be free from sin. Oh, oh. I just want my name written. Oh, Lord. Written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
That was D Hattie with Well Done, up against I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly, up against Dietrich Haddon Well Done. I'm gonna go out on them and say vocally they're even, but no disrespect to the legendary song I Believe I Can Fly, but based on the previews or clips I heard, I felt like I Believe I Can Fly production and instrumentally wise kind of stayed on one plateau while i believe well done much more far better produced and it felt more like they took it to a more climax while i felt like i believe i can fly took a very long time to reach its climax well done caught your attention like right off the bat i believe i can fly you have to hear like the whole song before you get to the climax moment I'm actually gonna go well done. I'm surprising myself. I don't know. Dietrich had a moment with that song. Uh, let's use uh, the song from a producer's perspective. Uh, I agree with you with the, the, the build-up on I Believe I Could Fly. It took quite long to get into it. But in saying that, I think when I produce a song, I try to produce a song, okay, the message has to get across. But what sticks more than a message is the melody. Big ups to the producer on I Believe I Could Fly, because yeah. to this date, it kind of still rings in your head. But as I said before, uh, both great artists. The R. Kelly I Believe I Can Fly is a classic. The R&B artists kind of give false hope, whereas with Diedrich, it is what it is. Uh, it's uh, speaking from his heart, from experience. It's not something falsely put out there. I personally think that R. Kelly had too much of Red Bull before writing the lyrics for that song. <laughs> Alright, so me, Malcolm and Kev outruled Wayne, so we have a Dietrich win on the first round. So that's one up to Dietrich, zero to Kells. We're gonna get into round two. This is The Storm Is Over Now by R. Kelly. Look up, I couldn't see the sky Sometimes when I'm standing, it seems like I didn't walk for miles And my heart could be crying, dead in the middle of a smile But then I climbed the hills and saw the mountains I hollered help cause I was lost, then I felt the strong wind Heard a small voice Saying the storm is over Storm is over now And I can see the sunshine Somewhere beyond the clouds I feel heaven, yeah Heaven is over me Come on and set me free Now in the midst of my battle all hope was gone Down Right, that was Storm Is Over Now by R. Kelly Up against Mighty God by Dietrich Haddon My God All the worshippers in the house Lift your hands and repeat after me What a mighty God we serve What a mighty
drums on Mighty God are crazy. But I think Mighty God has a bigger sound. I'm actually gonna give that to Storm is over now. I started smiling the moment I heard Dietrich. Because yeah. <laughs> from a production point, that's something I would produce. If you're going for something that sticks in your head, I'd give that to, to R. Kelly. But from a production perspective, and even the message that Dietrich's throwing out in this one, for me, that stands out. Mighty God and the way the production was captured around that statement. For me, it shines out. Big ups to Dietrich on this one. I gotta hand it over to him. Awesome, bro. <laughs> All right, one Kells, one Dietrich. Malcolm? I think from the word go of Mighty God, I think you saw yeah, our reaction. Sorry. Dietrich, 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 Dietrich. Is that 10 votes? <laughs> like Wayne said, the moment the song started, I was already jumping in my boots. Dietrich has owned the first half of the show. He's up on Kale's 2-0. So we're done with the mellow ballads of the first half of the show. We're getting into the last half now. Last two rounds are going to be, instead of previews, we're going to do full song against full song. Dietrich Haddon first. This is Forgiven. Here we go. Can you hear me? Can I have a moment of your time? I'm gonna come from my heart. I know what I'm about to tell you. It's gonna hit you where you are. See, I was raised in the church, but I found a way to do my dirt. See, I was a preacher's son, and you won't believe the things I've done. But I said to myself, you gotta do better. You can't keep living this way. You gotta get it together. When I humble myself and pray, I knew God would listen. Today I can hear him say, my son, you are
Forgiven by Dietrich Haddon up against Hair Braider by R. Kelly. My toss-up doesn't matter because I've already been outruled anyway, but I'll just say toss-up for the sake of 
uh, having a consolation prize. Dietrich Haddon has technically already won the whole thing, but for the sake of consolation and mercy towards Kells, we are going to do the final round. And uh, this is the dance round of the contest, so we're going to start with I Love the DJ by R. Kelly. by R. Kelly up against the final song of today, Save Somebody by Dietrich Haddon featuring Demita.
Save Somebody by DJ Cadden featuring Demita up against I Love the DJ by R. Kelly. Right now, I'm tossing both. <laughs> DJ had a better ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think both were very monotone, very just flat. I think he should have stuck to what he's good at, right. and this wasn't what he's good at. As we mentioned, well, while the songs were playing, uh, I think Chris Brown and uh, Usher could have really. Uh, that's more down their alley. Turn up the music cause the song just came on I go for broke a lesson I can't afford But for what it's worth I'm ready to pay For the rest of my life For the rest of my The one that just came back to my mind where his vocals were like stellar on was Without You. I will run, I will fly, I will never make it by without you. I hate techno, so as when the song started playing both, I turned to Wayne and said, you could like produce this in like about three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's done because everything's done like on buttons, nothing's to work for so and i know sometimes i upset you be pushing out of your buttons we be fussing fighting over nothing you can try to leave but i'm coming we don't work it out with no running pushing shoving i know sometimes that i'm selfish but i just don't like both so we got two toss-ups one question i'm going to ask you on that malcolm do you believe with the theory of some people who are saying that electronic music has killed real music or killed the production or work ethic we put into real music? I just think uh, those people that think that uh, can't really play music. They're looking for the easy way out. What they could do 
on the techno side electronic the guys that play real music could do it but they that could do that could not play real music which i think is something i've always said on our dance shows with christian artists against mainstream artists because i feel like christian artists have got a long way to go when it comes to dance music why are people like david Guetta, calvin harris zed a long list of others getting afrojack getting the attention they're getting because their dance tracks sound like something they properly worked on it doesn't sound like the type of dance stuff you could create in two three to five minutes before we get to kev i know wayne was kind of eager to answer that question so him being a producer let's see what he has to say about it these days software can make anybody a genius guys that don't know how to play an instrument are pulling off albums and doing tracks and you know way it it kind of sucks <laughs> you know you get guys that are really skilled at what they do in terms of instrumentation and uh, then you get guy that doesn't know how to play and hey let me pull a sample <laughs> yeah but the sample was created by somebody that can play. Yes. It takes away the joy of putting a production together. You know, we spend hours on end making sure one bar of yes. music is in sync. No cry. Maybe that's right. perfection and then you get somebody that would take five seconds to click on a sample click on it and pull it in place boom hey i'm making music so i think there's an injustice there (laughs) and i know you taste this a little bit Mm, high maintenance Mm, everybody else basic you live life on an everyday basis with poetic justice poetic justice if I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? I mean, I write poems in these songs, dedicated to you when you're in the mood for empathy, it's blood in my pen. Lest I write it down for real, P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it. And I know just, know just, know just, know just, know just what you want. Poetic justice, put it in the song, alright. I was trying to put you on game, put you on a plane, take you and your mama to the motherland. I could do it, maybe one day, when you figure out you're gonna need someone. When you figure out it's all right here in the city and you don't run from where we come from. That sound like poetic justice, poetic. They take, they steal, they rob, they kill. They only care about them, they only care about them. They trade, they slave, they dig, they graves. They only care about them, they only care about them. what it is it is what it is live all the way and why i respect usher usher has actually kept the live element throughout his stuff uh usher does a show and he still got his entire band there and i saw erin Lindsay post something on on facebook and instagram and stuff big ups to usher for still using a band
last question I'll ask you on that line since you brought up samples. Do you think like someone who's considered a genius with samples, people like Kanye West or Will I Am make great use of samples, or do you think they could be more musical than they are? Don't don't get me wrong, they're good at what they do. Yeah. I think for some people it works, and I think listening to these two tracks, I think there could have been more that could have been done. Right. It's not that I'm against samples. Right. If you make it much more musical than those two tracks, yeah. <laughs> I think it could work for you. But like these guys like Kanye, and they, they, they do a good job. Yeah. They have a market, they have a following, so it has to be good. It's just, I'm a bigger fan of, let's do it from exactly. scratch. Exactly. Anybody, I mean, you using certain software that has thousands of loops and yeah. then you find a loop and hey, let's put a hook. I mistakenly hit a key. Hey, that could work. Right. <laughs> you know, right. all of these things, whereas we now, you make a mistake and yeah, you could use that, but I'm saying, you know, we perfectionists when exactly. it comes to putting every single detail together, then just copying something, placing it on the timeline and boom, I've got a song. Right. Yeah, major props to that, to that angle. I really respect that point. I just wanted to hear opinions on both sides you know be me being a rapper and non-instrumentalist but yeah shame on me anyway <laughs> i can hear these people talking i can hear these people squawking you dogs better shut your trap before i come and start barking and blow up trees that ain't me climb so high that you cannot see the ground right underneath your feet you're exploded six feet deep oops that one hurt uh, Mr. Kevin, what are your final thoughts on these two tracks and then we're going to close out the show. You put a loop on and it's one word through the entire song and then you send, you, you sell a million copies of your album. That just sucks. Okay, so that leaves me with the vote, which actually I'm going to toss it up myself, so we'll leave that at no result, which means Dietrich Cadden has defeated R. Kelly 3-0. It was great being on the show, uh, it was great meeting you, Joe. Uh, the concept here is amazing. Uh, we love the show and it was incredible being here. Uh, really humbled and honored at the same time. Well done, Joe. Amazing stuff you're doing here and hope to be back soon. Take care, guys. We'll have you guys as soon as possible back on the show. Peace and blessings to all of y'all. Uh, we're going to close out with um, Mighty God by Dietrich Cadden, followed by Kevolution by Mr. Kevin Rangasami. So peace and blessings to you guys. We'll catch up with you soon. It's Joe Memo signing off. Peace. <laughs>
Thank you.